This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a Monday before Christmas. So glad to be with you. It's a jam-packed show this evening. A lot to get into, so let's dive in to what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Somewhat shocking news from the sponsorship world of NASCAR today. Mars Incorporated, the company behind brands like M&M's, Snickers, Twix, and more, has announced it will end its partnership with Joe Gibbs Racing. The deal comes to a close at the end of the 2022 season when the current contract expires. Mars has been a part of NASCAR for over three decades and has spent the last 15 years with Kyle Busch. That's one of the longest tenures in NASCAR. A popular sprint car series has extended its agreement with its naming partner, the bumper-to-bumper IRA Sprints, signed a three-year extension with the company. A full IRA schedule is expected to be announced in the coming weeks. Champion Racing Association has released the schedule for the Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stocks for the 2022 season. The 18th season of competition will see 14 total events, two special non-points races, and 12 races counting toward the championship. The season begins with a special trip to Crisp Motorsports Park for Speedfest 2022. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Zach. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well as we prepare for uh, a busy week, of course, with Thanksgiving right around the corner. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of sad notes to pass along this uh, this week as we get things started. And uh, the first, of course, a lot of people on the pavement world and from the east side of the state have been watching for a long time. Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, I, I saw this this weekend and, and the family... Um posted this this weekend sad news to report on this monday evening uh bob keselowski the father of brad and brian um is taking his final laps in his two-year cancer battle uh he is currently surrounded by family uh and they are hoping for a painless and peaceful transition of course the keselowski family was inducted into the michigan motorsports hall of fame back in 2004 bob's dad john started the family race team business in 1961 uh, with Bob, Brian, and Brad all finding success over the years. And, Zach, I need to tell you a quick story. Um, you got to find reasons to smile at times like this. Of but course. Back in the, back in the 1970s, uh, Bob Keselowski had won 20 straight late model features at Toledo Speedway. And Toledo owner at the time, Sonny Adams, offered Bob the winner's purse to not show up. <laughs> and uh, Bob accepted that offer and decided to go to Sandusky that night and won. So uh, I, that, that's just a cool story. But, uh, 
you know, when, when I was moving up through racing through the eighties and nineties, I watched Bob, the black bandit, uh, all through ARCA and late models and, and Bush grand national series. And so our thoughts and prayers, uh, tonight are, are with the entire Keselowski family at this time. Just a really sad deal. Yeah, and the other sad note that we got word of as we uh, started today's uh, preparations is that Cameron Dotson, uh, former competitor with the uh, the Sprint Car Series around the state of Michigan on dirt and on pavement, um, he was a, a big competitor in the uh, early 2000s and the mid-2000s in and around the state of Michigan. Current track record holder, current track record holder, at Owasso Speedway that dates back to 2005 and current track record holder at Birch Run Speedway that dates back to the mid-2000s. Uh, he passed away today. As speculations are a, a pretty um, pretty sad accident, vehicle accident that, that took his life. So uh, just a shocking loss there from the sprint car world of Cameron Dotson today. So a very, very sad day and, and sad way to start this week's show. But uh, as, as Rich mentioned, uh, you know, prayers for all of the families that are going through so much loss right now and, and what a terrible time to have to go through that too. Yeah, Zach, but we can, we can cheer this up just a little bit, right? With some positive oh, yeah. news on this Monday evening after two successful seasons under the Midwest modified tour banner, uh, the region's premier asphalt modified touring series recently released its schedule for the 2022 racing season. Uh, the schedule features 11 races between nine different racetracks throughout five different States. The 2022 campaign uh, gets underway with a special non-points event on January 29th. For the first time, CRA Speedfest uh, at Chris Motorsports Park will be the season opener for the Modifieds. Uh, the first port points-paying event of the season was to be run at Toledo Speedway on Saturday, April 23rd, but it was announced this afternoon that that event has been moved to Sunday, May 22nd. Uh, it's been four years since the Modifieds have raced around the fast half-mile oval at Toledo. The tour will also head to West Virginia's Ona Speedway on Saturday, April 30th, followed by a doubleheader weekend on May 13th and 14th at Kalamazoo and Berlin. Stops at Plymouth, M40, Birch Run, Jennerstown, and Winchester also occupy the schedules act with the 2022 champion being crowned at the Winchester 400 weekend in October. Yeah, big weekend of racing as well as we talk about things that did happen. Uh, the, this is probably the last time we'll get to say this around our area because the Rumble in Fort Wayne opened on Friday for the 23rd running of the famed indoor midget racing event inside the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum after the 50-lap event on Friday to kick off the weekend. It was a familiar face in victory lane. Now a five-time feature winner, Russ Gamester drove to his fifth career event win moving him up to second on the all-time wins list. But Gamester's triumph didn't come easy. Former race winner Justin Peck started on the front row alongside Travis Wellpot. He got a better start, jumping out to the early race lead while Peck was quickly shuffled back to fifth. A couple of cautions flew over the first 20 laps, and on the restart at lap 21, Billy Wees began applying the pressure on Wellpot for the race lead. Getting a little loose, Wees hopped over the rear tire of Wellpot, propelling himself up, up the track allowing Gamester to capitalize, taking over the second position. Wellpot stretched out his lead with a couple of cautions, keeping things close. It seemed as though the race was Wellpot's to lose, and then at lap 38, trouble struck for the leader. Unexpectedly, Wellpot pulled his number 18 midget to the infield pit area with a rear-end failure. This turned the lead over to Gamester, who would hold off Wees for the win in the final 10 laps. Derek um, Bishak, I believe, would complete the podium. 
And then, Zach, it was on to Saturday. And after the bitter disappointment of missing the first Rumble A main on Friday night, uh, if you heard what happened in the last chance race, uh, left front took out a tire down in turns one and two. So Tony Stewart was not able to run on Friday night, but he rebounded on Saturday, collect the midget feature win on night number two at the Rumble. While Pot and Brian Knuckles would lead the field to green, Knuckles would uh, try to work the high side early, but would eventually drop back to the fifth position. Stewart would make his move to work under Wellpot on lap four, and before long, found himself with a straightaway lead. Wellpot and Jake Masenko would stage a great battle for the runner-up spot. Masenko would uh, finally work around Wellpot with 20 to go and set his sights on Stewart. Masenko would continue closing ground on Stewart, but smoke was too good through lap traffic uh, throughout the green-white checkered event and parked his munchkin midget in victory lane for the 12th time at Fort Wayne. Billy Wees would complete the podium, Zach. Rich, it's a holiday week, and it's a fun week because it's time for another edition of Gary Did You Know. Take us into it. That's You know, Zach, it's pretty cool when you get Santa Claus and Gary Lindell on the same week. What could go wrong, right? I, th I thought they were the same person for the longest time. So this is I've never seen the two in the same room together, so maybe they if are. We could, if we could get Gary to grow a beard, I think we'd be all right. <laughs> Gary Lindell, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. How you doing, my friend? You better watch out. You better not pout, Zach. I'm just telling you. I, 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 hear, I hear you, sir. I got you. <laughs> you got it? Okay. All right. Now, yeah, how are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, we're, Merry we're Christmas, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Merry Christmas. We're doing great. How are you doing, Gary? Doing just, uh, just fine, just hanging out, doing the now deal. We, now, we've been having some fun these last couple months. You've been going, a, you, you know, you've been going a little bit direct, little different direction with your with your questions. And I think, uh, I think this month, uh, you did that again. Are you ready to get started? I think these oh, are I really certainly, different you, as you well. Know, I certainly did, and, and there's been a reason for it. You know, it's uh, like I said, the education thing and everything like that. But anyway, well, yeah, we can start right out. Uh, and, the, and the first question is kind of interesting because this is from a fan, Fred Otterbahn. And I think that's kind of a neat deal. And we put that out there. Yeah. And uh, he, he messaged me and gave me a question. So I thought I'd use it. So we know for sure at least one person's going to know this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah one, yes, yes. So one person. Well, actually, two of us, because I actually didn't know, believe it or not. Was somebody stumped Gary on Gary Did You Know? Oh, no. Oh, you I, said I Gary. Oh, you said Gary did know. Okay, man, I, I got a little too excited there for a second. Yeah, because I, I, I well, anyway, the first question is, who was the first car owner? That the late Johnny Logan drove for. I was way. Well, I'm way. I'm out to lunch. <laughs> well, my question would be, who is Johnny Logan? <laughs> right. Exactly. This well, is if you've ever watched the governor race, Dan Logan, that was his dad. You know the engine builder and that, and he's very into uh, Corrigan Oil Raceway and and uh, all those other guys in the uh, Lansing area. All right. Oh, okay. And Logan's I, dad. I, I was going to say, uh, Rich's wheels are turning at a very high velocity right now. <laughs> oh, I bet they are because, you know, uh, he drove modifieds for a lot of years. Uh, anyway, question number two. This driver, and I love this car and everything, too. This driver, Cliff Jones, Ray Spartan, what was his favorite car and his number? All right, so we're looking for have a the number division of car, car division. 
and the number on the side of it. That's Gary, exactly right. Gary, give me a hint. What era was this in? Uh, that would have been when Ben Hur raced. Oh, okay. So I got it. I get it. No, no uh, to be very honest with you, uh, I, actually, the guys that he raced against, believe it or not, were uh, Gary Fidewa and Butch Fidewa and uh, Bob Stucker and Ed Howe uh, in the early days. Now, I think, okay. that, I think that these next two questions are ironically themed, uh, very ironically themed for the show that we have prepared tonight. And it kind of goes with that show, don't it? Yeah, it does. So hit As me, it turned out. Hit me, and you didn't know that either. Nobody knew that. So hit me with number three. I, hadn't, I, I didn't know that. And he's a very good friend of mine, by the way. Before he raced, Hurry and Hank Lauer crewed for this driver. See, I didn't think Hurry and Hank ever was a crew guy. I just figured he was always a wheel man, right from birth, was ready to See? go. See, Zach, now you learn something. I love it. I love it. And uh, right from the get-go, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing, well, not so unfortunate for me, is Gary provides the answers, and this last name is synonymous with the with the Speedway as well. It is. <clears throat> We are giving way too many hints tonight. <laughs> Listen, I want some folks to have a Christmas miracle and get some of these things answered we on are. our Facebook page. All right, well, Zach, we are giving away uh, quite a few answers. And this last question, I did this because it kind of went back to a conversation, uh, Zach, that Rich and I had way back when. And he happened to go to, he happened to go to this racetrack one night, Butler, and uh, he asked me, he goes, "You ever been to Butler before?" I go, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I've been there a few times. So anyway, here you go. Who was the announcer? Gary Lindahl replaced at Butler Motor Speedway. And you I know that, Zach? I did not know. I don't recognize this name, actually. No, Does I your dad know, know that? I will have to ask him. I'll send, <clears throat> it, I'll send it his way. I bet he And I you know what? If you, if you threw that at him, he probably would know. All right. You know? I think the I think the uh, intriguing question as well is who replaced Gary Lindall. Uh, you know that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody replaces. Gary Nobody Lindahl, can right? replace that, Gary Lindall. It probably took two you know or three what? of it them. It was a. I, I know it was a radio guy. I do know that. Hmm. So. All right. Well, anyhow, the actual question is who is the announcer that Gary replaced. At Butler Motor Speedway, when uh, what era are we talking about here? When did you announce? We're talking early '80s. Okay, all right. You know, I mean, your, your we dad are. would know that, Zach. Yeah, that might be right up his alley. And he probably would know that. And actually, uh, the uh, person that I replaced became a scorer there. Oh, I threw that out there too. Okay, how about that? Well. We have given a lot of Christmas presents in this week's edition yes, of we Gary. Have. Did you know? Yeah, we have in this quiz. <laughs> we definitely have. Oh, I love all, it. So. I love it. Gary, uh, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for doing this. It's a lot of fun to get to pick your brain for some racing knowledge. And um, I love these questions this, this week. This is going to be really good. Yeah, well, it certainly goes with the theme of the show, don't it? It sure does. Gary, thanks so and, much for doing this this year as you have. And uh, I want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right? And to you guys as well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All right, Gary. We'll see you. See ya. Okay, Rich, time to get into the first interview of the night. And uh, this is, uh, well, it's it's that time of year where we, we're talking about things that happened the year before and things that are going to happen the next year around. What better way to do that than have a banquet? We're going to talk about one of those that's coming up. Tell me about it.
Yeah, Zach, uh, first time, we're going to have one for the first time in two years of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. We weren't able to do that last year for obvious reasons, but uh, we're going to do it this year. And on the phone lines now, we have the president of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, Wild Bill Barnhart. Welcome to Well Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Man, uh, outside of the summertime when you're running track to track and, and having your fan club nights, this has got to be the busiest time of year for you, isn't it? It is. It uh, it's, uh, keeps me uh, really busy working on uh, our month regular monthly meetings along with uh, putting the banquet together. And it takes a while to get uh, all the different tracks and uh, series and champions together to uh, get all the invites out and make sure everybody has their tickets. So we'll get into the specifics of the banquet. How's everything going for you um, in terms of that? Let, give us an idea of how's everything. Are we going to expect a a whole lot of uh, awardees or honorees uh, this year? Well, right now we've got over 130 um, invites out, and I would say uh, pretty much close to 100 of them are already RSVP'd to coming in. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Some of our uh, top award winners, though, for this year uh, have all already committed. Uh, like our President's Award will be going to the MSPA, the Michigan Speedways Motor Association. Uh, Ron Drager will be coming in from Florida through his, because uh, he's done doing some market work down there, but he's coming up to represent the MSPA at our banquet for that. Uh, we also have uh, the Marfac Eddie Sachs Memorial Lifetime Achievement Award. That's going to uh, none other than Dr. Jerry Punch. And, you know, his vast knowledge of the, our sport and what he has done for our sport over the years has been very important to uh, a lot of racers and uh, fans alike. And uh, he is going to be in attendance. Oh, fantastic. He's pretty ecstatic about being there. Um, <clears throat> our Vidalo uh, uh, Piccolo Memorial Contribution Award, we have two for this year. One of them is going to be going to drivetrain specialists. Uh, Claude Plant will be in the house to accept on behalf of the drivetrain uh, because of what they do for our sport, not only just uh, locally here, but uh, with nationally they're involved with uh, auto racing and uh, all kinds of different kind of uh, events with uh, automotive industry. But, uh, you know, with their sponsorships from different tracks and uh, series and stuff like that, they're, it's a, they're of vital importance to us. So uh, we figured it was time for them to receive an award. And then another uh, Vito Lopico, uh, uh award um, is going to uh, Mr. Ron Flynn from the Crystal Motor Speedway. He has been uh, uh, a vital uh, uh, member of the MSPA to, that works together to keep the tracks together and uh, uh, cohesive uh, environment in order to be able to make all the drivers and the, and the fans, uh, you know, keeping them coming to the track and making everything else level playing ground. And uh, what he does, uh, he's got a lot of hands-on personality with the, the fans. And, you know, he's he's started off as just a, a general manager at a, a speedway and moved up to being a promoter and then now a track owner and promoter. He's been doing that for over 40 years. And uh, he's won the, uh, a lot of awards from uh, the MSPA and the fan club, as well as other uh, national organizations for IMCA uh, Modified Series. He's won a lot of awards from them. So he is well-deserving of this award. 
Now, when we talk about all these awards that are going to be handed out and all these accolades and these people that are going to be there, um, you know, I've, I've only attended one. Of course, I went to the one in 2019, and then as Rich mentioned, pfft, nothing after that uh, because we all yeah. know why. So for the, the common folk, if you will, or maybe it's for the, the race driver or the crew or, uh, I don't know, maybe the fan who wants to come and see what's going on, who, who is attending Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club banquets and how do they attend? Well, you know, the fan club is based is a, is a uh, organization based on fans, basically. And our fans, whether they be the ones that sit in the stands or whether they're fans that are driving race cars, uh, working in the pit area, uh, track promoters, uh, track workers, we're all fans alike. Whether we're like I said, whether you're driving a car or you're sitting in the stands or you're announcing, whatever it is, if you didn't love the sport, you wouldn't be around it. Anyway, that's what we're all about. And what we do is we honor the different track champions that are associated with the fan club. And we have uh, like 16 different racetracks and uh, four different series. Uh, and uh, all of their champions are invited to our banquet. So it can range anywhere from 350 to 500 people in given, any given take, time. Wow. Uh, like I said, last year we didn't have it, and it would have been our 55th annual uh, award uh, ceremonies this year uh in last year in september we turned uh, 56 years old so this year it'll be the uh, i could still call it the 56th banquet but yeah why not it's the first first time in 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 55 years that we missed a banquet um i guess back in the late six uh late 70s there had a scheduled for a banquet at a hall and they, the hall burned down like two nights before oh, no. and they scrambled found a, they found another place to have it and then they went back uh you know the following year but they were able to pull it off so in the weather and if you've been there rich you've been there before the weather rain or shine doesn't matter snow sleet hail we banquet moves forward or snowstorm. <laughs> yep anything else i mean i've i've been to the banquet i mean i've been uh you know part of the since 1980 I've been a member of the club, and in, like I said, in 99, they asked me to become president. I was on the board in 96, so, and I've been in that area since then. I had a short time off uh, as president, was vice president for a couple of years, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been leading the charge uh, for quite a number of years, and it is a lot of work, and I've been told a lot of people say, you know, it takes up a lot of your time. Well, you know how it is once you get going, you just, you have everything in in line, as long as everything works, you're good. But if you wanted to come to the banquet as, as a fan and you want to see some of the great drivers from our state, whether it be on dirt, asphalt, road courses, um, whatever, uh, it's a good place to come. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good time by everybody that had been there. And uh, it's a it's $45 a donation ticket for adults, 33 for anybody under the age of 18. Um, you can contact me through the website, uh, and we can get you tickets anytime. Now, Here. now, Bill, just to just to uh, you know, just to cl- for anybody that is sitting down and and saying, well, we all know what's going on right now outside. It's no secret, right? So everybody's saying, well, I'm going to wait and see, just in case they cancel it. We're not canceling this banquet. Uh, this, this is bang- full speed ahead. This banquet goes on full speed ahead. If something happens down the line, what have you like that, and Heaven forbid, you know, they turn around and say, hey, you guys are going to have to mask up. Uh, well, I guess we'll just have to mask up, but we're moving forward, you know. And uh, 
you know, uh, we're not we're not stopping because we've already sold the first ticket. And unfortunately, when I put the deposit down in the hall, and we get no refunds on it. So, you know, we've got we're we're committed now. We're committed to moving forward. There were some of the awards have already been ordered, so we're moving forward. Rain so or shine look, or anything else. That that's great news for all of us because you know we, we weren't able to get together and enjoy it last year. Um, so four weeks from now, um, when do you need to know? For anybody that's listening, uh, when is when is pretty much the cutoff for you uh, for people to order tickets? I would um, I'm going to say probably about the the sixth of January would be the last last this deadline, and what you would have to do is if you think you're planning on coming, you need to get with me and uh, second, and I I can get you uh, address and stuff, and you can send me a check or money order, and then I can ship them out to you before that. I mean, if you did it before New Year's, I can send it out to you after New Year's. Uh, if you pay for them, they'll be at the door for you because, you know, U.S. mail is not running as well as it used to, and we don't want to have anybody who lost tickets. So, But up to about the 6th of January, you can call me and say, hey, I need a couple tickets. That's fine. We'll get, it, we'll get you in the, in the door. But on the 7th of January, I have to give them the rest of the balance for the hall, and I have to give them a head account. And unfortunately, with all the other things that happened with our cancellation of our banquet last year, we lost our venue. Uh, DiCarlo's uh, is no longer around. We had to find a new venue place to hold it. So we are now, after 41 years in the same place, we've had to move our venue where the Carl's Banquet Facilities in Chesterfield, uh, Michigan, Chesterfield Township. And it's just uh, a little bit from north of uh, uh, Hall Road, M59, and on uh, Gratiot. So um, it's a really nice hall, and they've uh, worked really hard in accommodating us on short notice to be able to put this thing together for, their, for this year. You know, for those who are listening who maybe have heard of auto racing fan club but they didn't you know really dive into it or or think too much about it um the nights throughout the the season are when you really cash in on your membership uh because for those who don't know just tell me a little bit about what michigan auto racing fan club nights are at these participating racetracks well we're very grateful to all the speedways for uh making it as an extra perk for a membership our memberships basically includes your membership card for a husband or wife or family up through the age of 15 for $20 a year. It goes from January 1st to December 31st. Um, and uh, it entitles you uh, all the information we give uh, via email on each month, a newsletter or in the regular mail. It tells you everything that we got going. We have a children's Christmas party that we just were able to have because that got canceled last year, too, a couple weeks ago. Great attendance. Everybody enjoy themselves, and uh, you know we give a lot of back to the uh, to the speedways for allowing us to have their membership to come in. If you show your membership card, you get to come in and uh, see the races for free, as long as you have it on the specific date that the tracks allow us to come in. You know, it's not every you get a membership card and you're there and in one particular track for the whole year. It's actually just for the one date, but uh, it's well well worth it and. Uh, we're really uh, excited about it, and uh, the tracks have uh, graciously been able to uh, do this for us, and we appreciate everything they do for us, too. And, Bill, you know, we, we, we talked about this before. If you're a race fan and you want to get out to see some different racetracks, uh, that membership can pay for itself because if you want to go 
um, you know, to Flat Rock or Toledo and then and go hit some of the dirt tracks and, and make a summer out of it. Um, if they time it for when you're having your fan club night, um, that could be yeah. a pretty, pretty uh, profitable proposition for you. It can be. Yes, it is. Uh, we also have a junior racers um, membership that we have for the um, novice division, the beginners, um, for the drivers, for the young young kids. We have that uh, set up for uh, them, and it's a no-charge situation as long as they're a, a beginner division, like the Bandolero series, the mini wedge that runs on asphalt or on the dirt, uh, and then the, in the entry-level go-karts in quarter midgets, you know, it's our way of, uh, getting the kids, uh, some recognition at our banquet. They get a chance to come in to see rub elbows with the, the guys that have been running for 40 years, you know, and, uh, and if you've ever been, you've been to the banquet before rich, you've seen these kids come up ready, more ready for the guys that have been there 40 years. <laughs> they are so excited. We honor not only just the champion of the divisions from each one of the tracks that have the youngsters running, we honor the first, second, and third. Because sometimes that third place person never won a race, never won a feature, but he was able to get locked in third place. He doesn't get the chance to thank mom and dad and grandma and grandpa or anybody else that helps him. And if we do that and in front of a large crowd of 400 people, it may get him hooked enough to say, Mom, Dad, I want to do this again. And eventually that kid moves up. Next thing you know, he's driving a four-cylinder. Then he's moving up, and he's driving a late model and just continues forward. And that's what we're trying to do because without the young kids, there's no future for our sport, whether it be race fans or racers. Yeah, and Bill, really and I noticed, I noticed the one uh, – I, uh, I was honored to be able to MC. Uh, one evening, and some of these kids are prepped before they come. They are ready to go, like they've been. Uh, they've had a microphone for years. Uh, it, it's so cool, you know. Like you said, um, you know, we have to have a feeding ground um, for our divisions because you know a lot of guys like me aren't hanging around anymore <laughs> to, to race. Yeah. But it's great uh, we're getting a lot of these kids, you know, especially specifically in the go karts and the mini wedges. Yes, they and they and, you know and they 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 put on a, a a good show wherever they're running whatever track they're running at, and they're getting the experience and they're getting the knowledge and and uh, that's what they need to be able to move up. I mean, we've got some kids that are are not only racing in at one speedway, they're racing at several, and you know, in the off season they're running indoors. So if you get them hooked that good, you know, we've got a little bit of there's a little bit of daylight for our future of our sport down the road if we can keep them hooked. And uh, by giving them that their free membership as a junior racer driver, they get a free one. All they got to do is go to our website, fill out the junior racers information, email it to me, or when we're at a track, fill out at it. So we have a, uh, a record of where they're at, and each year they get their own membership card as a junior racer. Michigan Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club on Facebook or MARFC there's a there's a reason for that marfc.org for mm-hmm. more information on what's going on and and again uh, just to clarify one final time how do folks get their tickets for the banquet coming up on January 15th, 15th. thank you very much uh, fi- <laughs> January 15th and uh, deadlines coming up very quickly so how do folks get their tickets uh, they they can contact me by going to the website or um, and they can contact me at president at marfac dot org. 
That's president at marse.org. They can email me and get a hold of me that way. All right, very good. Uh, Wild Bill, we always appreciate getting a chance to chat with you, president of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, and we're looking forward to seeing you in January. Yeah, well, just another uh, quick award that uh, we're giving out as we were giving out our uh, media award to Horsepower Happening. And we are very honored to be able to accept that coming up next month. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So uh, we just uh, just wanted to mention that, uh, too, and uh, we'll be glad to see you guys uh, in sh- just a few short weeks. MARFC.org or Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club on Facebook. Find the details, and we look forward to seeing you there. Bill, thanks so much, man. Have a, have a nice night and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all and a good New Year, too. Time for the uh, cream of the crop, if you will, or the icing on the cake for interviews tonight, the, uh, the nightcap for this evening is a guy that we had on back in August after a very successful summer. We're used to talking to this gentleman after he does something pretty cool behind the wheel of either a Dirt Car UMP Modified or back when he used to run Dirt Car UMP Late Models or when it was street stocks or front-wheel drives or whatever it is that he was behind the wheel of. We were talking about him. Now it's going to be a whole new light on this gentleman for the foreseeable future. It's my pleasure to welcome in from Coldwater, Michigan, Tim Wilbur. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me, guys. Well... Let's just crack the egg wide open and get it all out there. Uh, this has been the worst kept secret in Michigan motorsports for probably the last three months, but it's been a slow process, and uh, we're finally time to make some announcements. So tell me what you got cooking. Yeah, so um, it, it's been a very long three months. Um, we've still got a short period to go. I'm um, shooting for February, um, but uh, last week, Danny and I, the owner of Butler Speedway, have reached a deal um, and really just waiting to tie up a few ends and hopefully uh, hand the keys over in February. So this is, for me, as a guy who grew up down here and grew up around Butler, this is monumental to me because it has been so long since that racetrack has actually changed ownership. Uh, I think we're nearing the 20-year mark, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe have already surpassed it. Uh, this track has gone through a lot of different promoters. So the very first thing that I wondered when I heard about this, Tim, is is to clarify that you are taking ownership of this racetrack. You're not the next promoter. You're the next owner. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. And then uh, to lengthen the ownership, Denny actually took it over 29 years ago, which would have been my very first year. Well, Tim, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you're still going through the process and, and obviously anybody in business knows that takes a while, but obviously with the 2022 season around the corner, you're looking at February, probably not, uh, probably not a lot of changes that everybody's asking for, for the 2022 season, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, believe me, I'm, I'm ready. I'm hoping we have a short winter. I'm hoping it snows. Christmas Eve and New Year's, it melts and goes away, and <laughs> spring is here. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough winter. Um, kind of started working. I mean, schedule-wise, we're kind of going to mimic last year. Um, talked to a few of the scheduling for some shows. Kind of been working on a few things I can work on, you know, until we sign on that dotted line. What? So, like, you led me right into it. What all can you do before you lock down the deal, you know, before February? What what are you able to safely assume that you can do? Um, You know, really the good part, kind of talking to Danny last week, and um, when we finalized the deal, I kind of said to him, which I've kind of got the keys already to it, so I've made about, 
I feel seven or eight passes over there already. And each time I go there, I just keep driving around looking. Um, I've, I've kind of got open reins. I mean, within reason, you know, I mean, um, I've kind of got open reins to start kind of servicing some vehicles and doing whatever I want to do. Um, biggest thing is like, God forbid, if something ever happened, it, it didn't go through that point. Zero, 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 one. Um, like Denny said, Hey, just don't do a bunch of stuff and leave me a bill. But, um, you know, so right now I'm trying to just do a bunch of little things to get things, get the ball rolling, talking to a few sponsors for, um, like I say, Hey, I can call you in February and then we can make a deal, you know, but just trying to starting to feel everybody out. So this is exciting for a lot of folks. Uh, you have a massive fan base as a driver, and you've made a lot of connections as a driver. You know, you've raced at Butler for a very long time, and I think you have an interesting uh, relationship with this racetrack. You saw it as it came out of its glory days or out of its heydays, and you kind of saw it change some ownerships and try some things, some things that worked, some things that didn't. Uh, some different promoters, and uh, this to me is interesting because there are there are folks in our industry that say that a race car driver could never promote a racetrack or own a racetrack. And I guess um, what what in your mind says that you can do this? I know it's a tough question, but what what gives you the confidence yeah, yeah. to be able to do this? Well, you kind of sound like a lot of questions my wife has been asking me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, I I, I think you know like. And, and even like Denny, I mean, when, when Denny started off same gig race for several years, um, I think he did a very good job on it. Um, I, I think first and foremost, you've got to be a people person. Um, you, you've got to sell the track and you've got to sell yourself to these people and you've got to convince to them and show them, Hey, I'm doing effort, you know, but like you started off, I can only do so much in a short period of time, you know, but, um, yeah, I think first and foremost, you just got to be upfront and, um, take care of the ones that take care of you. And I guess the thing to clarify too is that you do plan on promoting this. This is, you know, we know that Denny and the Garretts had a deal where Denny kind of owned the racetrack and and you know would help them on the big shows. But for the most part, the Garretts were the ones out front. Uh, this change of ownership, are you going to take over the promotional role as well? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess wife and I are really going to be owners promoters. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of weight on the shoulders right there. So let's let's get to the real question, Tim, and I'm sure a lot of the drivers out there want to know, um, does this mean you're putting the helmet away and you're going to kind of focus on this, or are you <laughs> going to be a driver-owner-operator? <laughs> well, roughly a month-ish ago, I sold the last race car I had, and I brought my helmet into the wife, and it was still dirty from Kokomo, and I said, well, I guess you can wash this and put it on the shelf because we're done with this. <laughs> oh, man. How did so, that, how did that yeah. feel? I mean, how was that moment? What was that moment like? You know, um, I've sold a lot of race cars and a lot of racing equipment my whole life. And um, I, I was always told, don't name your babies, just sell them. And uh, when, I, when I sold the modified and the gentleman came to the house and laid the money on the car, I was like, whoa. Like, I had the old goosebumps. That's like the first time. Yeah. And uh, he kind of looked at me and smiled. He said, you ain't got to take it. I said, oh, no. I grabbed it quickly. I'm like, no, I'll take it. But yeah just leave 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 real leave quickly before i change my mind right yep yep now it's real you know before it was a talk you know it's real now now tim you said you know you've been over the track made some light you know and you're looking at this and you know you know you need a coat of paint here or you know some repairs here but realistically speaking what uh, any major changes that you're looking at uh 
that you're going that you think you're going to be able to do uh, and I'm assuming before races start in April right um I don't think nothing really major um you know I think it's just preventive maintenance you know and we need some we need some board help in the bleachers um <laughs> but just kind of I say a bunch of cosmetic and just a bunch of little things I mean I think really Bob and Denny left me on the most part setting pretty good you know you just got to maintain a few things and kind of bring it back to life that track surface uh, has been an area of conversation for a very long time. Uh, you know, I, I think you could probably even say it goes back to when they had to scrape the surface off of it and start over, and then, you know, drain issues and walls falling down and, you know, notorious holes and corners and rocks and that sort of thing. For you, you've seen this surface change. Uh, I think that I talked to you last year or maybe the year before, and you were kind of happy with where it was uh, or where it was headed um what what's your what's your ideas or your thoughts i mean to me this is just my opinion it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong but you have to have your racetrack right before you can start to worry about the rest of the facility so that you can put on a good show so where are you at with the physical track itself yeah you're totally right i mean you you can have the worst racetrack and the best facility and they're not going to come because you have good popcorn um I think for the most part, the last two years, even last year, especially, I think the surface has came around and the track was good. Um, I, I would be tickled this year if we can re- at least prep the track and have the track the same as it was last year with maybe a few adjustments to try to bring the top groove back a little bit. Um, I just always think my, my whole career at Butler, it's always been tough. And I, I listen to people complain forever because it's one groove along the top and then it ends up on the bottom and then it's on the top but man, anymore today i almost think no matter what track you go to it's just tough it's it's a groove and a half it's either dominant on the top or dominant on the bottom um I, i i was pleased with the track last year the way it was i'd like to get the top to come in a little bit you know i mean if we can kind of maybe try to work on getting the top groove to come in a little bit and then the bottom you know i'd be pleased with that Tim, everybody knows Butler as, you know, the racetrack, uh, you know, in the southern part of Michigan that runs sprint cars on a weekly basis. Um, you're still going to try to – had some big shows there. They've had the Hell Tour. You're still going to try to bring that back? Yep, yep. Um, planning on bringing the Hell Tour. And uh, I, I wanted to start this interview off and just say I was going to drop sprint cars and run late models. So that's what <laughs> oh, everybody my word. Doing. Oh, my word. <laughs> that's what everybody thinks I'm doing. That is definitely not the answer. Um, I'm going to run this exact same four series that we had for Butler in several years with the sprints and the mods, street socks, front wheel drives. Um, I'm going to try to bring in, which made a couple phone calls on a little bit of the Michigan traveling sprint cars. Um, we're going to bring them in. And like we've already mentioned, the Hell Tour. Um, I, I think an ultimate big goal would be, you know, I mean, if you could start getting one a year, I'd, I'd love to have that Indiana, Ohio series stuff maybe kind of come to Butler. But uh, for the 22 season, we just kind of got to get to that season. I don't want to say I'm on thin ice, but I feel like I'm on thin ice. We got to get one year under our belt and see where we sit at the end. And, you know, I think everybody thinks that for those who maybe don't know and they're listening to hear who is this new racetrack owner in the state of Michigan. You know, Tim, your history as a race car driver included late models, and, and it was a successful uh, stint that you had in late models when when you were running them um so i guess the question is why not add another track that has late models on the schedule whether it's ump or the michigan late model uh what keeps you from bringing them back to butler on a regular basis 
Um, I think right now, the way Denny and Bob kind of left me, we, we, we have four good classes of cars. Um, if we were struggling in any of the one classes, um, then it'd be a different story. But right now, I mean, we're, we're getting a strong 20 in every class, which is good. You know, um, I don't want to show no favoritism. You know, a lot of people think and go back to that sprint car. They think I am like, Oh, they're going to drop us. But you know, even the modified street stocks that I drove recently, you know, if we were getting eight or 10 of them, I wouldn't have a problem dropping either one of them, maybe attempting a late model. But right now, um, if I can get back the clientele that they have had over the last couple of years. And uh, I mean, that's, that's a good clientele right there. Tim, I got to thank you because I think it's pretty cool. Zach and I have been busy uh, the last couple of years uh, covering dirt tracks that have sold in the state of Michigan. I think we're just happy. Mike Blackmere is not the owner of Butler Motor Speedway. <laughs> yeah. Finally, somebody else to talk to you. Yeah. You, uh, you want to talk about being nervous a little bit. I was like, Whoa, he might be coming down to my neck of the woods. <laughs> now, this, I think, to me, uh, this is a part of the the industry that we don't talk a lot about. Have you reached out to any Mike Blackmares, any Ron Ron Flynn's, maybe a Jeff Dice who's new to the game, uh, you know, Betty up at Mount Pleasant, uh, you name it. Have you reached out to any of these people to talk to them, or are you just going to try to set your own path here? Um, you know, I really, I've, I've talked to Jeff Dice just cause we both sell cars. We see each other at the auction. Um, him and I are kind of working on a little bit of a schedule challenge for each track to have a little street stock gig. Um, but like, I guess to kind of answer your question, no, we haven't really, I haven't leaned on him on any questions yet. Um, maybe I'm too afraid to ask that question cause his answer might be get away and don't do it. But, <laughs> right. um, yeah, no, not really. I haven't reached out really to nobody. You know, the uh, the MSPA, the Michigan Speedway Promoters Association, uh, Butler is is a member of that, and uh, so are a lot of those other tracks. Uh, such a great resource that we've heard other people use and, and lean on before. Uh, I think it'll be intriguing to kind of see, because, again, it's been, as you mentioned, 29 years since this racetrack has had a true change of ownership. Um Man, I, I, I'm I'm interested, and I'm, I hope the rest of the state and rest of the industry is to see what sort of fresh life you can bring to that. Is there anything that you're? I know we've asked you a lot of questions about changes, but maybe it's 23, maybe it's 24, uh, maybe you're not even looking ahead yet. You just do want to get through 2022. But is there anything that you're going, man? This is going to be the Tim Wilbur mark that I want to leave on this racetrack. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Um. No, not really. I mean, I got to say, I think you've between my family and the friends, you know, everyone, even before buying it, you've always got, you know, you can go over the racetrack on a normal Saturday night and say, well, I would do this. I would right. do that. And, and then once you do that handshake with Danny and he walks out and then I'm like, you know, those things I said, I, I don't think that's a good idea now. And that's kind of why I asked but, because you're in the unique situation where you've raced there and you've said, you know what, if I was in charge, I would do this. And you and I've had that conversation yeah. in the pits candidly, you know, it's like, man, if I was running this place, this is what I would do now all of a sudden. Okay. You can do that. <laughs> so what is it going right. to be? Yeah, I don't, uh, believe me. I, I think um, my nightly sleeping has went down to about three and a half, four hours. Oh, no. It's, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, and I think I just got off the mower or the grader or doing something at the track. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and I don't – it's going to be a tough one. Tim, Zach, you know, I'll, like Zach said, you know, a lot of us 
can always play an armchair promoter, right? We always do that at, at racetracks we go to. Is there an area of the promoting ownership side that you know right up front, um, boy, I'm going to need some help with this or I'm going to need to learn more about this? That's probably everything. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, cause I haven't, I haven't one bit. It's like I, if you, if you go to scoring, if you go to the cooking, if you go to the concession stand, you know, um, I think it's good and bad. Cause sometimes when you, when you have a few bad people and, and, and you bring one guy in, well, that one guy's still bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess the good part is I don't want to say we're all green. I mean, obviously I'm keeping some people there that work, but, um, yeah, you're, you're kind of going in blindfolded. So, like, and that's what I tell my wife. The one thing that you think we, we worry about or we stress out about this, that might be the easiest thing. We might be missing the hardest part. Had a couple of messages when we made the announcement that you were going to be on the show. Well, we didn't really say you were going to be on the show, but everybody put it together. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I loved the uh, jokes that were coming out of that. There's zero reason that this, uh, you know, uh, could could not go any well or, or go well. Or uh, I got to find the one. Uh, could just be a blank shot in the dark. I thought that was a pretty good one uh, as to who could be the new person behind the wheel. But Kevin Reeve reached out, a guy that you've banked quarter panels with for a long time, former uh, co-host of this show, as a matter of fact, and he brought up a great question. How long have you been thinking about owning this racetrack? Has this been a lifelong goal of yours to uh, to be promoting Butler Motor Speedway, a place that you grew up and, and your family has such rich ties to? You know, um, I would say it's been a long time goal. Um, a couple of years ago, we kind of talked a little bit about it. And then um, Bob and Denny just decided to keep going on for a few more years. I was probably a little bit bummed when that happened, you know, because you kind of start setting your, setting your goals and your sights up there. Um, and then now that I look at it, when they confronted me at this fall, I was like, you know, that was probably a good idea. Like my one daughter's out of school. My other one's a senior now. You know, so it's, it, it kind of worked out for the better. Um, but I would definitely say for the last couple of years, and, you know, you probably always had that feeling maybe for five or ten years, like, you know, especially being so close to home. And, it, you know, it's probably been a, probably been more of a goal than what I really know it deep down in. Like, that would be nice to own. be, you know, really cool to promote that. I just am going through the comments here as we talk, and, uh, you know, people are saying they're going to need two parking spots for next year, um, you know, hoping that, you'll make the right changes and you know that you'll you'll give the place a little bit of a facelift and uh i think those are all um you know all relevant things that i think people want to do and i think they're things that you want to do right fresh coat of paint make the place a little bit more presentable and um you know i I keep i keep getting hung up on you remember what it looked like in the 90s and and you know you probably have seen pictures of what it was like in the 80s when you couldn't find a place to park to go in that place um Obviously, probably long term, those are goals. But right now, uh, you just uh, you you probably want to open the doors in April and have a successful twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's exactly. I I always kind of say uh, a great goal would be in the future is uh, the the pit gates to the south has got to be longer because there ain't enough room to park cars. <laughs> you know, yes, that would always be a great thing. When I gotta call my wife and say we gotta move this fence and it's right. gonna cause cost this, why are we moving the fence? Because there ain't nowhere to park. Yeah, when you get the uh, when you get the radio call to open the back gate, that knows when you, that's when you know you've had a great night, right? Right, exactly. That's that's a good time right then. But you know, to go back on you say all the transitions and and you're right. Like 
I can go back a little bit before Denny of remembering the track, but like when Denny got there, like the personnel and the stuff he brought in of cleaning the track up and bringing it up to par, kind of like when Denny came in in 92, like that's kind of my exact goal. People go back to 92 and look at pictures from 92 to late nineties. Like everything Denny kind of did then, if I could mimic that, I'd be happy. Tim, I was watching some of the comments, too, and I think if we can just announce, you know, that you're going to double the pay for all four classes, everybody's going to be happy next year, right? You know, I must, I must be in a bad area. I can't hear you. <laughs> I think that that is the yeah. one thing is that, you know, you you do understand that, uh, you know, you if there's anything going for you, you do understand where the race car drivers are coming from. Uh, but you're also a businessman. You've got a successful uh, couple other business ventures. Um, and I think that's very important in this game as well. So I don't know. I th- I'm excited for what you've got going on, man. And I'm looking forward to following it very closely. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it, it's tough when you want to put the helmet on and sit on the other side of my desk and then come over here and sit in this chair. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, like trying to put the helmet on and take it back off and go to the other side of the desk. Cause you know, you, you want to make it right and best for both people. Um, and I, and I think that's the good part when you go back to people say, race drivers can't be promoters or owners, you know, I mean, the, the problem is if people stretching the rules, cheating, whatever it is, you got to remember, I invented half of those. So <laughs> you know, it's hard to squeeze that one by at that gray area. Um, you know, Kevin and I talked a little bit today and it sounds like I got to get a digital tape measure to measure his car probably this year because he's probably already trying to find the gray area i would go ahead and just have him turn around as soon as he turns off of clarendon road that would probably be the easiest thing to do with the 117 car just my opinion though that's probably true i've got a couple buddies once they kind of caught wind and my wife and i are out for dinner and every time a car pops up that's not even close to street stock legal (laughs) they like both send me a text and i've already (laughs) told them both they're barred for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. just right off the bat, you guys can take two weeks off. I love it. Tim, yeah. uh, this yeah. is exciting. Where can folks, I know you've still got to get this all taken care of, but I'm assuming the Facebooks and the websites, all that's going to transfer over. Folks can, can follow along with what, they've, what you've got going on. Uh, but, again, patience is going to be a virtue right now as far as rules and a schedule and all that sort of stuff because, again, uh, you guys have a date set for February to officially close on that. So some of this information is probably going to be delayed a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yes, our, our ultimate goal is February ish somewhere. If it's, I mean, I'd love it to be in the beginning. My luck to be dead honest is probably going to be the 28th, the way it's going my way, but um, yeah, definitely March 1st, for an example, like hopefully it's all final. Then, um, yeah, the website, the Facebook page, um, we'll put up a schedule there and kind of get things rolling there. Um, and, and anybody's more than welcome to call me, message me if they have a question. And for the most part, I mean, all the rules are pretty much um, the same for the classes. I mean, there's a couple of little small tweaks, but nothing serious. But any of them, I, I've already had 100 messages, and I'll take 200 more anytime. I don't have a problem. But anybody can reach out to me anytime if they have a question until then. Well, Tim, we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, I, I th- this is an exciting horizon. We've got racetracks in Michigan that are getting new life breathed into them in 2022, and so uh, you're another one on the list of places that we're definitely going to go check out. It's easy for me, 10 minutes up the road, and I'll see what's happening at uh, Butler Motor Speedway, the new buckshot re- regime taking over in 2022. Tim, appreciate you making some time to join us tonight. Good luck in everything, and we're going to stop by and see you real soon. 
Okay, I'll wait to see you guys there. Thank you. Well, our appreciation to our guests tonight, including, of course, Tim Wilbur and the big news there. Uh, and just again, Rich, to get your thoughts now uh, in closing, I, I, it's always exciting when there's a new breath of life in a racetrack. And I know what I mean by that is whenever someone new takes over the realm, there's new possibility. You look at Jeff Dice at I-96, there was excitement around that. A brand new promoter, Jeff was a little different because he had no industry experience. Tim is intriguing to me as a businessman and a race car driver, former. Uh, I'm really, really intrigued by what his plans are going to be and what he'll be able to do with, with this facility. Yeah, I think you always have to be careful, Zach, when you know you talk about new owners. You don't want to say, well, the track had problems, so I'm glad a new owner. I, I've only been to Butler Motor Speedway once, and I, I would not be intelligent enough to speak about its history or what it's gone through. But, but Tim seems to have his eye on the ball and is really motivated to do this. And I think with his success and, and all the years that he's been there, uh, I think he's going to have a lot of support behind him. I think that the, the Garretts did what they could with the place. Uh, I think that they had their hands tied uh, in a couple of different ways. And uh, I think that, again, after 29 years of the same owner, um, it's easy. We, we all get lethargic. We fall into a rhythm, and that's uh, no knock on Denny Donaldson, his Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer. Uh, he knows what he was doing with that racetrack, and the Garretts uh, are a great racing family, but I think it's just easy to fall into a routine, and uh, sometimes you got to shake up the apples in the bag to see where the rotten ones are and, and get those out of there and, and really see what, what the place is made of. Well, if, we, if anything is for sure is um, the post that we put up this afternoon got a lot of reaction. A lot of people are interested. Um, I didn't see anything uh, bad. I think everybody kind of heard this before, but nobody right. wanted to say. Uh, I think everybody said, let's keep quiet, and, and, and hopefully this will be a Christmas present for us, <laughs> uh, kind of. So I think everybody's pretty happy, and, and you know, we just, just talking to Tim, you know, it's going to take some time. Like he said, the, he's not going to be able to jump in and, and turn this thing upside down overnight. Everybody be patient, and and when he starts get you'll I imagine in some things in 2022 you'll see his footprint on it. Absolutely, and of course, uh, want to say appreciation for Wild Bill Barnhart as we get ready for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club banquet. Looking forward to seeing a lot of people there come next month. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, it's it was disappointing that we couldn't do it last year, and uh, you know it, it's great for us to be there. Of course, we got to you know, thank the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. We're going to be there in person to our septo accept our media award. Uh, totally unexpected, but we appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, we're going to support the fan club. And I've, I've supported the fan club for many years. And uh, I look forward to do so in January as well. All right, let's talk about some events that are upcoming, whether in our area or not. And uh, as a matter of fact, there is one on our uh, upcoming calendar that is kind of close-ish. Uh, so let's take a look at what's coming up, Rich Rance. Well, let's start with close-ish before we get far-ish. Okay, okay, how about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this this is a tough one because I've only made it to this race once just because I'm usually not in condition. Uh, well, but, the, uh, hence the name of the event, Rich France. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, on January 1st, the hangover race at Sandusky Speedway is back on its original date. Uh, I think last year, the year before, they had a couple delays due to cold weather. Uh, but usually race in any weather, that's what they say for the hangover race at Sandusky. On January 1st, moonshine stocks, whiskey stocks, and champagne stocks. You can probably figure out what each class is all about. Um, the pits open at 10 a.m., grandstands at 12 p.m., racing at 2. Ten bucks for a grandstand seat. 
thirty bucks for a pit pass. And I I know just looking at the weather forecast heading into Christmas, um, there's an opportunity for this to be uh, like a normal race day uh, for this uh, hangover race this year. If it's anywhere around thirty some degrees, Zach, that's a warm day for that's the hangover. That's a warm race, day for the hangover. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, look for our friends from the Hammer Down Race Report to be there. I'm sure Ron Miller will be looking forward to stinking up the show again in some way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard he's got a different car than he used to run there. So, uh, you know, if I can get down there, if I don't have a rough night, I have, I don't have any plans <laughs> Listen yet. Listen to you. Listen to you. I don't have you. any plans yet for New Year's <laughs> Eve, but that can change like in a minute. Hey, let's talk so. about let's talk about far-ish cuz you're incriminating yourself a little bit. Let's talk about far-ish. Uh, we talk about Rumble, that's the first indoor event that kind of kicks it off and then gets everybody's attention going indoors. The Gateway Dirt Nationals, of course, kind of kicked it off this year. Uh, but now it's time to get serious. It's Tulsa Shootout time, baby. Yeah, the 37th running of the Lucas Oil Tulsa Shootout is coming up the end of this month, December 29th through January 1st. So if you want to take a road trip, uh hit that up at the tulsa expo center zach over get this over 1400 entries for six divisions that is unreal how many hours of racing is that going to be that is unreal how would you like to try to announce that show uh you can have that one (laughs) i'll be a fan for the day i think but uh labeled the mecca of micros uh all the drivers will be chasing the golden driller and uh, if you can't make it flow racing is going to have you covered every single day you can go to their website to look for a subscription and catch it from the comforts of your own home there you go well hey that's going to do it for tonight's program i again want to thank wild bill barnhart and tim wilbur for making time to chat with us tonight i want to say thanks so much to rich france for his work merry christmas my friend i hope you have a great weekend all right you too with your family sir thank you thank you so on behalf of scott menlin and rich france scott who pays the bills rich who uh, basically makes the show go i just do all the talking uh (laughs) i just run i just run my mouth right uh so that's what we do um want to say merry christmas to all of you and hope to talk to you same time same place next week right here you've been listening to horsepower happenings Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.